In terms of therapy and people coming to you with their relationship problems, mm -hmm. have you ever sat across from Will Ferrell from Step Brothers and in the first session he says, I love you? <laughs> <laughs> that is a funny scene. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny till it happens to you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us yet again, Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. She is a professional mental health therapist. I don't know if there are any amateurs. I suppose I like to think of myself as one because I'm a person who has been right. a mental health patient. I try to help people where I can. Episode 51, Courtney, yeah. you know, over and over again, we try to come up with fresh topics and perspectives. Mm -hmm. And it hit me the other day, one area that we haven't gone down yet, and I know you have some experience in couples therapy mm -hmm. and things of that nature, maybe not your favorite kind of therapy, but you have done it. Have, yep. It's infidelity and mm -hmm. how that can affect not only couples, mm -hmm. but individuals, and then also people who are in relationships currently with somebody who may have been cheated on in the past and the right. ripple effect of that. I just felt like there were so many directions that we can go here with something mm -hmm. like this. So based on your experience with couples therapy, A, I imagine you've run into this before. Mm -hmm. What would you say, and of course this is anecdotal, or maybe you have some numbers in front of you, how many relationships are able to weather that kind of storm and survive it? I think surprisingly more than you would think. Really? Um, I actually did a little research and it looks like a lot of couples do work through this, which is some great news because I think sometimes when people think like, oh my gosh, if so-and-so ever cheated on me, that'd be it. I throw him out. That's it. Or I throw her out. This is a really hot button topic, but I think it's good to give people hope that sometimes this can happen for a variety of reasons. Mostly if you're in a happy couple, you're not going to cheat, but there have been situations where people are in a pretty decent relationship and it happens. So it's really important to kind of get to the heart of the matter. And sometimes it's not about the relationship. It's about the person, their insecurities. Some people they just show have like a higher need for variety or excitement and that kind of thing. And they may stray for those reasons as well. Maybe boredom, maybe self-esteem issues. There's all sorts of things at play that can be going on. And I know I've worked with people who had thought about cheating or feel tempted by that. So we have done some work around that, around like, okay, where is this coming from? Let's be preventative and let's figure this out before something happens. But I think it's a really good topic to talk about, especially because I found this statistic, a fifth to a fourth of all marriages have an infidelity that occurs. It's interesting that you mentioned the self-esteem thing. I don't have a ton of experience with this kind of thing. Yep. I have had friends who've had experience with this. And there is one area in which I've had to deal with this that we'll get to later. But one of the things that I've noticed from my friends who have strayed, mm -hmm. a lot of times they do have that personality where it's almost like emotionally they're a bottomless pit. And it's not about making a connection with someone per se. Mm -hmm. It's just like almost a validation that I'm still right. relevant and that somebody can care about me or could be attracted to me. Mm -hmm. Testing those waters out to some degree. Right, right. And for as unfair as it is to the partner, and sometimes they still feel unbelievably guilty about it mm -hmm. and horrible, it's almost like they can't help themselves. Right. And that's an interesting point because a lot of times you do have a higher risk in a relationship. If you feel like the other person in the relationship is not as committed as you, or if you are feeling like some of your needs are being unmet. Now, again, that's not an excuse for you right. to go out. But this is what happens. This is the reality, is when people are struggling with some of that, there is a 
higher risk of infidelity. And it's interesting, though, if you have low satisfaction and some intimacy issues, your needs aren't being met, you are more inclined to cheat. But I always talk to clients about when they first start having issues as couples, I always say you need to turn towards one another. Because what happens if you start feeling badly about yourself or you're feeling badly about the relationship, it's not going well, you start looking outwardly. And that's when things start to catch your eye. You start to get tempted. The grass is greener, all of these things. And I know it's hard to do, but it's like, no, we need to refocus on each other. This is a sign that we really need to do the work. Because if you don't, it's just too easy to get taken away on all of that. And usually what happens, like you said, it may not be that they're looking for this huge emotional connection. But when some people are looking for that connection, some people are just looking for that physical intimacy. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting how this can occur. And looking back, you can say, oh, my gosh, if only we would have just sat down and talked about this. And there's a lot of regret there. To me, I think the most difficult thing would be, let's just say that I'm in a relationship that's a little bit rocky. Mm -hmm. And I do start to look elsewhere and I start seeing shiny things. Mm. My next question would be, well, how do I initiate this conversation with my significant other to let them know that there is a problem? Do I lay it out completely that, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm starting to look at other people or I'm starting to have some thoughts? Mm -hmm. Is that the best way to do it? Be direct? Or is there a better way? Well, I think that's a case by case. I mean, Mm -hmm. in general, we would say, let's talk about what's not happening in the relationship and that I'm feeling that there's a rift between us. I don't want either one of us to start to think some of these thoughts. But it is very normal to have these thoughts especially when you're not happy. So take it as an indicator that you need to take some action. But surprisingly, I have had people tell me that they were very honest with their partner and said there was some temptation and the relationship survived that and they were able to move through it. Now, some relationships would have a hard time with you saying like, oh, I started to feel tempted. That can also be a sign of like, let's sit down with a professional. Let's go to therapy and let's talk about some of this. Because even if you acknowledge that there's something wrong, you may not know how to go about fixing it? Like, how do we change our communication patterns? How do we talk a little more deeply about things? How do we get through to each other and really hear one another? And these are things that you can learn in therapy. So that could be also a sign to say, hey, would you mind if we did a few sessions for couples therapy and see what happens? And I imagine there are a lot of lines here Mm -hmm. in terms of whether this is a problem or not. Am I going to sit here and tell you I've been in a relationship with the same woman for 15 years? Do I not ever notice other women ever? Do I not find certain women attractive and it's on my radar? I live and breathe, Courtney. Right. I'm a male (laughs) and I can't help those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But I don't necessarily feel like that means I'm having a problem in my marriage. I can just appreciate a beautiful woman or if there's somebody with whom I have a certain chemistry, Mm -hmm. it's on the radar, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's something that I'm pursuing. Of course. However, where the line may lie, and this is an area in which I've had some experience, I was in a previous relationship, mm-hmm. and at one point, the woman in the relationship approached me and said, I would like for us to go to couples therapy. And I said, well, what's the deal? I worked with someone who you could probably call my work wife, and we were very friendly, and we were very close, and she had been talking to her therapist about it, and I got accused of from this therapist without ever having talked to me. Uh-huh. At this point, too, I said, I definitely want to go and talk to this person, mm-hmm. of quote-unquote emotional adultery. Mm. Now, just because I have a friendship with somebody who is of the opposite sex, yeah, 
Could it get to that stage? Absolutely. But this was like a sister to me. Right. And yet here I was being accused. Do you run into a lot of that? And are there a lot of landmines associated with that kind of thing? There are. And it's interesting, too, because when people have deep insecurities, they may be looking at it from a certain perspective. And then, of course, they explain that to their therapist or their confidants, their people close to them. And then, of course, they have a certain slant to the way that they're looking at it. So that was a good idea for you to go in and kind of clarify things. Mm -hmm. And probably then the therapist is like, oh, okay, I see a bigger picture here, another perspective. And here's the thing, too. If you are that person who is being accused of that, and then you dig your heels in and you start really fighting it, Mm. what message does that send to your partner? I don't want to talk about this. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to shut this down. I'm being really defensive about it. I think the best thing to do is to say, look, especially if you have nothing to hide, I want to get in there and I want to talk this out. Right, exactly. And it also gives that assurity to the person that you're with to say, hey, listen, let's talk about this. This is an important relationship in my life, but of course, I'm married to you and Mm -hmm. I want to honor that and I want to make you feel comfortable with this because this is just a really close relationship. Now, it can be very difficult and there are lines there with the emotional infidelity. Obviously, we can't get all of our needs met through one person and that's too much on the person. Unless you've been in a relationship (laughs) with me, in that case, I'm amazing. Totally covered. (laughs) But there's other things like if you want to go out to certain places and you know your significant other's not into that, okay, go with your friends. Do other things so that you're not putting pressure on that relationship to be the be-all, end-all. But there's intimacy in certain ways that you need to have. And so when you do go outside of the marriage to find those kind of deep connections, that can become an issue in your marriage or your relationship. So that's important to look at. But yeah, as far as friendships and stuff like that, it's really important to kind of just be open so that everyone's comfortable. Sometimes when people are really insecure, I've also worked with people who would start to be accusatory constantly Mm -hmm. of their partner, of cheating. And this can go back to if different people who they've been cheated on before, so it's on their radar and they have trust issues. I would encourage people to get their own help around that too, because that can almost be a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're constantly telling someone, are you cheating? You're constantly checking up on them. You're constantly showing them that you don't trust them. The person, not to say it should ever be justified that the person should actually go cheat on you, but the thing is, if they're getting accused of it all the time anyway, they're going to start to feel like, I'm working so hard at this relationship, but I'm always being accused of this it starts to run them down and it can put them at risk to be doing something because they're like, well, I'm constantly being under the radar. So I've talked to people about this, about getting some help for yourself to figure out what those self-esteem issues are. And I wouldn't want that to put that person at high risk of stepping out too because of a perceived threat that may not be there. Well, that's the other area where I have some experience. I Mm -hmm. was in a relationship with somebody who had been cheated on pretty hardcore prior Mm -hmm. to me. There's a benefit and there's a detriment to this because if you have that kind of a jerk as an opening act, you can get away with a lot of crap because by comparison, you you don't seem nearly (laughs) as bad. But on the other hand, you're almost getting hit with shrapnel. And sometimes there are suspicions where really there is no need for that. And as you said, because I've been in that position, it can get to be exhausting Mm -hmm. and it can get to the point where you don't want to talk about it because it's starting to trigger you in other ways that starts to become unhealthy for both people. Mm -hmm. So how do you work through something like that? How do you find the balance to kind of appease both sides there? I think it's just being really honest about it and saying, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Instead of just being accusatory, 
owning your stuff and saying, okay, I have these trust issues. I was deeply hurt. So when you do A, B, or C, this is where my mind goes. So how do we work on this? Like, let's talk about this and figure out a way that we can kind of check in with each other. And again, couples counseling can give you some really good tools around that. But it is very difficult because it can turn the relationships upside down over nothing that actually happened. And the other person can be like, I am trustworthy. Why am I being accused? But that's also the wreckage that happens when people are cheated on. This Mm -hmm. is what happens in infidelity. It is such a deep hurt and it starts to point to us like, is there something wrong with me? Why do people cheat on me? Why is this in my life? When really it could be the other person or an issue with the relationship, but not a personal issue to the person being like, oh, they're not good enough. No, it's really about what is going on with the relationship and what is going on with that other person too, that they felt the need to step out. It is very complicated and there's a lot of pain to work through. But that being said, if people do decide that they want to work through it and there's infidelity, there's also a place of the person who cheated really needs to give a space to the person who was wronged to express how they feel and really be in that space and hear them and really get that. But once you work through all that, there also has to be a place for forgiveness if you are to move forward in the relationship. And to dig a little bit deeper into the whole thing about the person who has been wronged, Mm -hmm. I found myself in that position at one point in my life. I'm going to Mm -hmm. open up about this. I was in a long-term relationship and I think things were starting to get a little bit stale. There wasn't a lot of communication. I was with somebody who did not like confrontation, who was being bothered by certain things, and I was just moving along obliviously. The next thing I know, she's working with somebody else. There's a chemistry there. Mm -hmm. He's engaged to somebody else. I'm in a relationship with this person. One night, they end up making out at work. She's so guilty. She tells me about it. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, it was the first time I'd ever been cheated on in any way, at least that I knew of, how personally I took that and how much I made made that about me and how guilty I felt and how awful I felt about myself and how low my self-esteem was. And even then, anytime I went to kiss her again, all I could picture was this guy kissing Mm -hmm. her. And then to complicate matters, this guy ends up just out of the blue dying. Oh my gosh. One day somebody walked in, the fiance found him. And then there's that whole thing. Should I tell the fiance? Because I'm like, this poor woman has no idea that this guy is doing this to her and everything else. So now the woman that I'm with is so upset and she wants to go to the wake as we're still trying to work through our own stuff. Now I'm putting my feet down saying, I don't feel good about you going to the wake because it tells me that you're still attached to this person. I was in therapy at the time Mm -hmm. and the therapist was adamant and said, just give her this space. This is not a person that's going to be a problem for you anymore. And the more restrictive that you try to be in this situation, the worse you're going to make it for yourself. But that's how much that snowball can roll down the hill and get completely out of control in your life. And it brings up so many feelings. You must have been spinning at that time being like, what is going on? And then to have that happen, that's like... And ultimately, the relationship did not survive. I tried everything that I could, but it just got to be too much, I think, for both of us. And as a matter of fact... She was the one who's like, I can't take it anymore, even though this guy was out of the picture and everything else. It was very, very difficult. And I have a lot of empathy for people who have been wronged. And you really do have to get to a place where you don't blame yourself. Mm -hmm. Think back to if you had parents who were divorced, the first thing they say to you, this isn't anything that you did. When it comes to being cheated on, it's not necessarily anything you did. Or maybe it is, and it's something that you can try to work on. And that's the thing for some relationships. 
relationships, you would never want this to happen, but I think that for some relationships, they actually come out of it stronger. And they say that they do because they're able to, again, turn toward each other, be very honest about what they need and be very honest about how they feel. And for some people, they just feel awful that they had this indiscretion and they're doing everything they can to make it up to the person. And also just for both people to make their relationship stronger and better. So that's why I say there is a lot of hope with this because it's not just like, that's it. A lot of times we think that in our head, like if that ever happened, that's it, I'm done. Right. You don't know until you get there. You don't. As with most things in life. Right? Yeah, it's very complicated. And we are complicated beings. For some people would say that monogamy is not our natural state. You Mm -hmm. know, that this is kind of a social construct that we're trying to fit ourselves in that can work awesome, work great. But there are tendencies that we have. And so we also have to acknowledge that. And it's interesting that you say that because that early stage in a relationship where you are just over the moon Mm -hmm. in love with somebody. I remember somebody explaining it to me one time. That is literally a chemical reaction. Mm -hmm. And it is a chemical reaction that constantly peters itself out over time. (laughs) There's no way that you can sustain that. And when you really put it in those terms, I think it almost explains how difficult it is to try to keep something together for a very long time. Because once that chemical's gone, Mm -hmm. it probably ain't coming back. (laughs) Well, I like to tell people that love is not just a feeling. You work at it. It's an action. Mm -hmm. So each day, even I just said this to a client the other day, each day, even when you don't feel like it, you have to be like, how can I show this person I love them? You know what I mean? How do I stay in that loving place and keep that feeling going? Because you're right. At the beginning, it's all that woo. It's like cloud that, nine. You know? And that's what sometimes people get addicted to that. And that's mm-hmm. where some other things come into the infidelity piece where people are always turning their head and trying to get can, that feeling. It's almost yeah, like a junkie because they <laughs> want that feeling. Yeah, yeah. They want that feeling of being on cloud nine that somebody just adores them. And once we know the person, we live with them for a while. We may not be like, oh, my God, you're amazing. You put the toilet paper on the wrong way and you make a mess and pick up your socks. (laughs) I always use this analogy. When you're first in a relationship with somebody, they have these little quirks. They're very endearing. And Mm -hmm. I compare it to Chinese water torture. At first, it's a cool, refreshing (laughs) drip. And then it's like a knife through your heart (laughs) after a while. Uh. If it just persists and persists and persists. It's insane that it goes that way, but it definitely does. Right. In relationships, sometimes when we get to those places where we're just so frustrated and just so And I'm always honest about this. My first year of marriage was very difficult for me. I don't know. I had all these ideas in my head about how marriage was supposed to be, I guess. It's so strange. Stop watching the rom-coms, Courtney. (laughs) As soon as we got married, my head switched into this other gear. Now, his didn't. And it was very surprising. And I was just like, well, we're supposed to do this, this, this. And I was getting really frustrated and upset. And I'm like, what is going on here? And it's really funny. I had to examine that. And I had to kind of sit myself down and be like, all right, what's the deal? Because my husband didn't change at all. It was very interesting. And so I know in those times of strife, there were times where I was picking out the Valentine's Day card and just like mad about it and stuff. And I look back on it. I'm like, wow, I'm just so happy now. I don't know what the shift was, but I do know that I started to look toward him about what I'm grateful for moving in that direction. Well, I think what you eventually have to realize with maturity is there are so many societal and cultural messages Mm -hmm. that get sent to you. And if you're reading fairy tales all the time or books with Fabio on the cover (laughs) and you're saying, well, that must be reality. Or if a certain movie really speaks to you Mm -hmm. and you're like, well, how come it's not going like it's going on the screen? 
mean, well, there's a reason why most Hollywood movies have happy endings. Mm -hmm. How often does that happen for everybody in life? Not all that much when you consider that about half of people end up divorced. And I always say to people, too, look at it this way. Don't just look at your marriage if you end up divorced. Look at the trail of people Mm -hmm. where it didn't work out when you were just dating. So when you consider the fail rate of Mm -hmm. people trying to get together and stay together, it is staggering. Yeah, it's very So to think if the notebook is reality, it's probably (laughs) not reality. I mean, if they had more movies about reality, nobody would go to see them (laughs) because it would just be so depressing. And to show you how complicated we are as people, have you ever been in this situation, Courtney? Because I have multiple times. I will be with the woman with whom I am completely and totally in love. I think Mm -hmm. everything is fine and everything is perfectly fine. And I can tell that I'm getting some attitude. I get up one morning and I can't tell what's going on. And then I say, what's your problem? I had a dream that you cheated on me last night. Oh, You had a dream that I cheated (laughs) on you and I'm getting crap for your dream that I had nothing to do with. But this hasn't happened to me only once. (laughs) Just the thought of you doing that is enough to get somebody upset. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I think no, I did that. No, it's not. I did that to Mike once. I think I did. Of course you did. I woke up and I was just like, Ugh. yeah, I was in a mood. Yeah, yep, that's what it was. My that's question so was, was the person I was cheating with, was she hot? <laughs> that didn't oh, end well that's either. a good way of getting like a that, shoe thrown toward your way. That wasn't the off-ramp that she was looking for. She's like, what? You made a good point about what other people are saying or societally. Another thing that I saw that I thought was so interesting, people who are going through this with infidelity, a lot of times there's different factors as to how people will stay together. One of them is having kind of investments together, working together for the kids, financially having some things together. The more that you have invested together in life, that you have better chances of getting through infidelity. But one of the things that can break you up is the opinions of the people, of the person who was cheated on, Mm -hmm. the family and friends around that person. Their saying to the person can really have a huge effect on if things are going to move forward or not. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Because we do. We take it all in. And like you had said, we're very influenced by other people around us and stuff. But I really think that this is one of those times where, yeah, absolutely get your supports, have some feedback and people around you, but get some professional help around this so that you really can start to see a little clearer because there's so many factors involved in this. And also, like we talked about, if you're taking this in a way that's so personal, you need to get some help around this to feel better about yourself and know that maybe it's an issue in the relationship or maybe the other person's having a struggle or maybe there's pieces where we need to take responsibility and change things to move forward if you decide to do that but again if you do the forgiveness piece needs to be in there because if somebody cheated on you and you decide to stay in the marriage and you keep throwing it in their face constantly that's not going to help either and I've seen that too where you are absolutely validated to have those feelings to break up with the person to not be with them if this was something that was so heartbreaking but if you do decide to stay then the best way to be successful is to really work through and find a way to forgive, which is very, very difficult and painful. And in terms of all of the outside noise, this is what I would tell you to just kind of try to keep in your mind. If you have that gold standard relationship, Mm -hmm. either it's from a movie or it's 
somebody in your life, you have it up on this pedestal and you say to yourself, well, that's the way that it should be. Mm -hmm. I would then ask you to look back on your own relationship history and ask yourself this question. Of all of the people with whom you have been, if you were to compare relationship to relationship, have any of the two of them been exactly the same? And I will tell you that relationships are like snowflakes. Mm -hmm. I have had a different experience with every different woman that I have ever been with. And you know why? Because everyone has had different life experiences. Mm -hmm. Everybody brings something different to the table in terms of insecurities Mm -hmm. and in terms of confidence and a lot of other things, how they communicate, if they communicate, if they can be open, if they're moody, if they're not moody. Mm -hmm. To shoot for the moon with one relationship that you think is the perfect one and if you feel like it can be carbon copied and we can just all pick it up at Home Depot and we're all going to be fine, you're being absolutely delusional. And some of it is timing too. It's like where you are in Mm -hmm. your life at that time. What are your needs? Everything kind of changes. What's your priorities? What's your values? There are times we go through things and we change and grow. So the relationship needs to change and grow too. And what works for us when we're 25 doesn't necessarily work when we're 45. So there's that too, different pieces to look at. In terms of therapy and people coming to you with their relationship problems, Mm -hmm. have you ever sat across from Will Ferrell from Step Brothers and in the first session he says, I love you? (laughs) (laughs) That is a funny scene. He's like... (laughs) It's funny till it happens to you. (laughs) Well, with Will, I'd let him talk for a while. He's pretty funny. I'd be like, oh, hey, what's going on? And then at some point it becomes creepy from that Chinese water torture perspective, (laughs) as we discussed earlier. Well, Courtney, I think we've covered a lot of ground here, and I hope Mm -hmm. we've helped some people. And if they could use some more help, they can always contact you. Absolutely. You can email me, wellness at wctk.com. And we also have resources, catcountry.com, on our Wellness Wednesday page. Subject heading, Will Ferrell, I love you. (laughs) You can always reach out to us on socials. You can find us at Cat Country Mornings in a lot of places. We have personal pages. I'm Brian Mulhern, H-E-R-N. She is Courtney Kelly or Courtney Kelly Bedard. And as for the podcast itself, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Libsyn, you can hear us on your smart devices. It's oh so easy. Make sure you tell a friend. Feel free to leave us a review. We're hoping for a good one. Mm -hmm. But much like with relationships, I have no expectations (laughs) that it's all going to work out well. Sure, I look at other podcasts that seem to be doing well, but I have to focus on this podcast, Focus, Brian, focus. Don't judge us against other ones. All right, so now I'm going to start focusing on episode 52. There you go. While thanking all of you for listening to episode 51. We appreciate it. Thank you. I want to be-